Good afternoon. You're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM, WRHC out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. I'm John Goldman, sometimes known as Johnny LaSalle, therefore the name of the, of the show. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Conley. What's what going on, up? Adam? How are you? All right. How you doing? I'm good. Recording this on... Uh, May 25th, but playing it on June 14th. We're just stacking these up into, yeah. this, into the bag. Do you want to give advice to your future self? Oh, I don't know. That's a little scary. <laughs> we are doing a little time warping today, but uh, I don't know. That, that might be too much. Too much for this show. Uh, we got a special guest today, right? Yeah, we sure do. Our, our good friend Dustin Lau from the Andrew Fisher Quartet and gateway rugs and many other things how are you doing gentlemen all right yeah good (laughs) looking forward to getting a chance to chat with him and uh for now we're gonna uh, our underwriter harbor country hydroponics for everything you need to grow your own secret stash and uh looking forward to playing some awesome tunes today started out with that uh papa don't take no mess from james brown and looking forward to talking with Dustin in a little bit. We're going to start out with a special song here. Here we go. Superstition by Stevie Wonder.
All right, there we go. Stevie Wonder, Superstition. Uh, doesn't really need a lot of introduction. I think most people <laughs> recognize that one. We're in the studio today with Dustin Lau. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm. I apologize. I would have <laughs> mispronounced your name. I've and I've known you for years. You know, I've seen you playing with your with uh, Andrew Fisher Quartet, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I remember when you uh, used to work at the local brewery near me. Right. Right. And uh, well, so it's really a pleasure to have you in the studio here. And well, thank you. Thank uh, you. It's a pleasure to be here. Bass player. Right. And actually, yeah. it works out if you pronounce my last name the other way, low, because as a bass player, then it's kind of like having a stage. Oh, yeah, there you There's go. a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Good one. <laughs> How long have you been playing the bass? Um, well, as when I got into the Andrew Fisher Quartet, I had always been a guitar player. And oh. Actually, I had just owned a bass and done a few things on it. And um, my buddy, the original drummer, Eric, uh, who had been playing with them, um, they needed a bass player. And he was like, ah, oh, man, you can do it. So Eric, uh, here I am now. Eric Oliphant. Oh, yeah, yeah Eric Oliphant. Mm-hmm. Did, wasn't he with uh, Elephant Rescue for yeah, a couple yeah, years? Yeah, South Bend. Yeah, that's another really awesome band i think oh uh, yeah yeah great guitar player in that band yeah uh so uh and you had a bass but you hadn't even really been playing it before and and Noodling picked around, it up and messing around with it yeah and you play a four string bass five string bass uh i play a five string all right uh, yeah and i always wondered is uh that fifth string uh high or low below the four strings it's it's lower uh and so it's is it that so then it's like tuned like a guitar but then you go a uh, fifth lower uh so it's it's a lot of fun to have uh it's like just having another tool in your toolbox to mess around with yeah. but uh it can really mess you up if you're not used to it. <laughs> <laughs> right uh and when you played guitar did you um play with other bands before andrew fish quartet I was playing guitar and I was mainly doing jazz stuff and playing uh for musicals and that's really how I met uh the members of Andrew Fisher Quartet. I had met Eric in college playing in the jazz band there. Uh, Where'd you but, go to college? Uh, uh, SMC uh, out in Dwajak uh-huh. is where I met him. Um, but I, I had grown up playing guitar in various bands and playing random stuff. So you, it's a small community when there's only so many musicians around, you end up playing a lot of different things. Sure, sure. You know, there's a, um, we were talking to someone else and they started one kind of, um, instrument and ended up going with another instrument. Marcus, yep, yep. Safer. Just could yeah. be adaptable, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah Marcus I guess he plays everything. Doesn't he does. It? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's scary good at everything too. But <clears throat> I, I mean, you're pretty strings. scary good at like everything I've heard you play, though. So. <laughs> I keep it focused on just strings. Strings without a bow. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's go. back you up. When did you first pick up an instrument? You know, start playing, and how'd that go? Oh man, actually I started playing drums. I was I was probably around 10 or 11 maybe, but uh I had actually broken my leg like playing soccer or something, some kind of like youth summer sport. Running through the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing something and then I couldn't use the kick drum. So I was out there like all day playing drums and I couldn't do anything over the summer, so this is being like 12 and you're in a cast for the 3 months you're off of school, so there's nothing to do and uh I knew somebody with a guitar and he never played it, so I borrowed it and that's all I had to do for a month. Even when I would give lessons, I'd tell the kids when they'd be like, oh man, well, how do I get as good as I can as fast as I can? 
I'm like, I'll just break your leg, dude. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> Don't have internet and break your leg. That's what I had to do. Yeah, practice. <laughs> right. What do they right. say, 10,000 hours to perfect something? <laughs> right. uh, Malcolm Gladwell yeah. said that, yeah. He might not have been the first one, but... Uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah, that, how do you get to the one. Grand Old Opry, right? Just practice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so guitar, awesome, in uh, junior high. And did you ever take lessons or... I did. Just, yeah, I yeah. took uh, I took some lessons when I was younger. And then, like most guitar players, you learn chords and then, you know, you think you got, like, everything. You can play some Zeppelin tunes and then you kind of just try and take off from there. When I had... Uh, when I got into college, I started taking lessons um, from a from a guy, Mike Davis, an amazing guitar player, an amazing teacher. He actually plays with uh, the quartet uh, every now and then when we play at the. Oh, that's kind of fun. And oh, it, it's really fun. It's it's really enjoyable to hear him play. And I mean, this dude is so good. He's that, awesome. Like, yeah, that like I have to like purposefully not pay attention to him playing, or else I screw up playing bass because like, I'm like, what did he do? Uh, but so I took lessons from him, and that kind of. Uh, Got a lot of the music theory and stuff. I went to school, uh, took music theory classes, uh, oh, did all that. All right. So it was that that kind of pushed me a little bit further with doing that. Sure, sure. Well, and you know, you've got a mastery of musical reading uh, through a <laughs> an educational experience like that, as opposed to you know just being a really good musician, but not being able to read music. You know, you've got that ability to just. <laughs> pick it up and it definitely helps get gigs yeah <laughs> did you ever uh do any writing music um, writing well yeah i for the bands that i'm in like music arranging and stuff like that songwriting i'm uh <laughs> as as far as lyrics go i'm not very poetic but uh as far as music goes um yeah i orchestrate and arrange some stuff uh so with andrew fisher quartet how long have you guys been playing together Four years, maybe around four years, I think. Yeah. All right, cool. And um, do, do you guys have any your original songs? I know that you do a great cover show uh-huh. of Stevie Wonder, and <laughs> um, that was just a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you also have your own songs. You guys do. Yeah, uh, we we have a uh, eight song EP. Uh, six of those songs are our originals. Uh, we also have a handful of ones that aren't recorded. Uh, we will be playing a few festivals this summer that are, you know, 45 minute sets, all originals, stuff like that. So we do have full sets and uh, a good amount of our own originals, too. Is that EP already out or is it on yeah. its way? What's yeah, it called? Uh, just Andrew Fisher Quartet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't come up with a name for it. Self-titled, self-titled yeah. debut yeah. EP. That's, Maybe we'll just roam Definitely. Numeral. Like, yeah, uh, like there you go. And do colors like uh, yeah, Weezer or Baroness, but like do like the '64 box Crayola crayon. Like this oh, one is like beach sand. Yeah. yeah. Led Zeppelin. By the time they got to four, they were just like, "No, nope, we're not calling this anything. It's <laughs> untitled." Right. And then everyone else had not to even come up with their own name. Yeah. Now it has you know four or five different names from yeah. just you know little hints on the album. Yeah. Let people make it up. Yeah. That, Give them the freedom. Not play. too many bands that uh, can get away with that kind of thing. No, no, nah, nah, you got to be established <laughs> for people to be making up their own name to your <laughs> album. <right. laughs> uh, and you got any uh, shows coming up? Yeah. Um, so as the at the point of this being aired, uh, 
we will be playing the Burnham Anniversary Show June twenty second. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We are we're playing second to last there, so it'll be a little bit further on in the evening. Um, we have uh, a few shows going on um, in New Buffalo. Uh, Three Oaks will be playing their uh, Saturday in the park for Fourth of July weekend, uh, and those That'll are the big ones that I remember. Yeah, I'll just I'll scream them out if I remember. You know, in the <laughs> middle of whenever. Yeah, yeah. June thirtieth, Martin. Or you could just refer me to the Facebook page. Like, oh right, yeah. <laughs> <John> Primary. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. Check my website. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're the Andrew Fisher Quartet. We have a website. Thank you. Uh, so you get, let's talk about the Andrew Fisher Quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Fisher, right. right? Singer. Does he play an instrument? He does. Uh, while we're when we play, though, he's usually just singing. I shouldn't say just; it makes it sound like not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, you he's know. got quite yeah. the voice. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. Yep. Then we have Bruce uh, Anderson. He's a uh, piano, uh, keys, um, and then Glenn McFarland is our drummer, and then I'm playing bass. Uh, Every now and then we'll have guitar. I'll play some guitar, and Bruce will handle the low end on the keys, stuff like that. So we mix it around a lot. You might, if you see us live, you might see uh, Bruce or Glenn grab a saxophone or a flute or anything like that. We are, uh, I guess you'd say, multilingual when it comes to instruments. Right. And, and did you say you went to school with these guys, and that's where you started playing with them? Well, I we, or with Eric. Oh, yeah, the with original Eric. Drummer. And the, yeah, so there was a. Okay. Uh, but we've uh, before the quartet started, we had been like, you know, our paths had crossed a lot. Doing, you know, getting hired to do random stuff. Like I said, I'd been, I'd played musicals, stuff like that. So there was a few things that I know Andrew was in or singing a part of, where I was in like the pit band and stuff. And so like, you know, two cars on the highway passing, sure. just like, oh hey man, great job. <laughs> right. And then right. like a year later, we're in a band. It's it's weird how that works out. Yeah, well, uh, it's a small universe in Southwest Michigan, and <laughs> for the uh, local band scene, and um, you know, there's a lot of overlap. Oh yeah, and, you know, I know Adams played with you know a bunch of different bands at different times, stepped up, and and you do that too. I've seen yeah. you, uh, you know, have your uh, bass in the in the car and bring it in for <laughs> you know. Just, Get on stage it's out there right now. <laughs> yeah, you you filled in for in uh for Blake and Beer Hippies for at least one gig. I think just one though. Up, yeah, you I know. Think so. so yeah, we've we've played together a bunch. We did yeah. the Thanksgiving thing and mm-hmm. Adam and I have never been in a band together, but we've played on stage together so many times. Yeah. it's like you know you might yeah. as well count it as one. Right, the official kind of jam. About some things. <laughs> yeah, you'll see. Right, right, we'll see what happens. Uh. So, um, what are some of your influences? Like, who are some of the musicians that that got you excited about playing guitar or even playing the drums when you were a kid? Ah, uh, man, there's so many. Uh, it, it, you played Stevie Wonder. Mentioned that we do a Stevie Wonder tribute show. Uh, that we did. We just finished up our fourth one. Uh, that was May 11th, and I mean, you do it on his birthday, right? The closest cl- as close to, as you yeah. get to his birthday, yeah. I guess. Uh, but I mean, he's always, you know, he's one of those guys that when you don't know what to play, if you put on Stevie Wonder, no one's going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's just right. like that guy's a genius, anyway. So through, all throughout my life, he's been a huge influence. There's, a, I always think of it as more like tears. You know, I've never really had a favorite band, but mm-hmm. you know, like. 
every year for two weeks out of the year, you, you know, I'm constantly listening to Led Zeppelin and it just some, like comes back up, you know, right. like a flu that doesn't go away. So yeah. there's so many things. Uh, as far as players go, there's like, you know, when I f first started playing bass, the guys that I went to to listen to were like Jaco Pistorius. Uh, but then you get like the Stanley Clark, those those kind of monsters. But then you also, I also like had to go and listen to Getty Lee and all that stuff. <laughs> so like it's it's very eclectic, but I think that's how you become a great musician is you listen to everything you can and then create your own kind of style. Really just you know, trying to mimic what they're doing. And, you know, nobody can do that, but that's how you kind of create what and, you sound like. And pieces, not, you, you know, you're not saying, like, you, you follow all their different styles. You just, oh, hey, how do you do that? Pull oh, different things cool. from different people, yeah. Exactly. Whatever, like, when you're listening, if something catches your ear, like, it then becomes like a, <laughs> you know, like a, a mystery where it's like, oh, dude, how'd he do that? You know, or even I've been listening to a lot of Esperanza Spalding. Who oh, yeah, is, yeah. Well, she plays a sit-down bass or, you know. A, an upright. An upright yeah, bass. Yeah, but she also, I mean, it's all fretless that she plays. So she has like an electric fretless too, uh, which that is almost a whole nother instrument in itself. Right. Is that finding its way into your your playing, like listening to somebody play an upright or a fretless, oh, even though yeah. that's not what your your instrument of choice is that? Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you can glean stuff from that. <laughs> Half the time I'm playing bass, I'm like trying to pretend like it's a fretless yeah, and okay. make it like sound like <laughs> melodic, like it's singing, you know? Cause that's, that's what I take from her is like her playing is very melodic and cause she's singing and playing bass at the same time. It's almost like having two voices singing yeah. the song together, uh, but doing different things. So if you listen to her, you, you know, as much as I want to sit down and, learn how to play those songs and, you know, play along, it's kind of like you you really can't because she's playing to what she's singing in a way where I'm, like, not connected in that way to be able to do that. So you it's it's amazing to hear it. And you don't ever uh, have a mic in front of you do any singing? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> out, of the, out of the quartet, uh, there's, there's three very talented singers, uh, and I am the guy without the mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't need me. And Esperanza um, Spalding, just unbelievable musician. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody else that uh, you know gets you excited like that too? Ah, uh, there's there's a ton of people. Um, I'm trying to think of like, well, Michael well, League from oh, yeah. uh, Snarky Puppy. Like, uh, he, as a bass player, this this guy is heading the you know most popular like modern jazz big band and that's kind of like the feeling is kind of like local guy done well where i'm like a guitar player doing that <laughs> and like oh my god that's amazing that's just like another level than just being technically proficient that's like you know you're arranging orchestrating i'm mean, getting all of these talented musicians like some of these people are the most talented musicians on like at least in america and this guy as a bass player making these songs is bringing them in and that's that's like herding cats first first of all like getting musicians <laughs> together he well, can do it all that's it's great yeah. well that He's band's kind of a collective anyway isn't, right. there, isn't there like people just based all over that they kind of just plug in and out of that yeah yeah, yeah. well how cool would that be? Like, yeah. <laughs> just, like, just, uh, wherever just I go, I'm like, I have people to play with. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, and, and like, uh, it, like some of the crazy stuff that they do, too, I always think of, you know, if you sit there and you have this song and, and you're like, oh, man, I love it. 
but how am I going to get everyone else to get on board to play this crazy thing? <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, this goes from six, eight to seven, eight, but don't worry, you know, if it, it, it'll, it'll all make sense. <laughs> and then you see it in a lot of people's eyes where they're like, I'm, I don't know about that. But then like when you see a dude like this bringing all these guys together and they're just all on board with this stuff that is, you know, out of this world, like left field, you know, nobody's heard a lot of this stuff before. It's really cool. Yeah. Les Claypool. You ever, <laughs> he's uh, oh, yeah. he's a dominant figure at the head of a, of a uh, band, you know, oh, yeah. even and with Oysterhead. I mean, it's all just, you know, it's, he, he's very prominent mm-hmm. with his style. Mm-hmm. Uh, pleasure to listen to too. You know, oh yeah, and really he's all fun. over the place. Like he, his lyrics are goofy. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of like it fits with his persona a little yeah. bit. He, I mean, that dude. What What's really amazing about him, I think, not even just his playing, but he plays with everybody, which then like right. tells me like, well, the guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Like, if if everybody's okay with him coming and being like, hey man. We need a bass player. Oh yeah, just get less. He'll, he'll come yeah. over and play like he's that's here. <laughs> that's like that's talent in itself. Yeah, he's got the. And then you know he's probably a cool guy because he's working with so many people. I, I, who knows? You know, <laughs> maybe just you I've, know they tolerate him because I've, he's I've, so good. But right, you know, I've met Les Claypool a couple times. Did you? He, he was <laughs> always super nice and friendly, and, oh, and man. took time to talk to you know punk <laughs> 17 year old kids that wanted to bug him and stuff and, when we know. saw victor wooten uh you blake murray and i yeah and then like oh victor we wooten, see him yeah, yeah victor yeah sorry uh, victor wooten uh it, we're, he's walking up from the bus into uh bells is where we saw him and like we're just walking in like randomly uh, and then Adam sees Victor Wooten, like, with his bass in hand, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to go talk to him. And then Blake and I are like, really? What? Like, deer, yeah, I just, like deer in headlights. Just bolted just like, mid-sentence. I was like, I'll be back. Yeah. 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 And, and it was like Blake and I are just like, no, we're not getting yeah. close like to how him. I, It was like seeing a deity, you know? You're yeah. like, I can't be. But Adam's just like, Out of yeah, the man, three of us, I out. was the one non-bass player. You know, I mean, I own a bass, but you guys are bass players, you know? And, and I'm like, I'm going to go talk to, you know, this – Huge bass player guy. Oh and, man! Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, taking a like, selfie. Yeah, we're hiding yeah. behind a car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can't let him cast his gaze on us. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Uh, why don't we take a little break here? Play a song in between. Uh, Roy Buchanan, Chicago Smoke Shop, and here we are on Johnny LaSalle's Secret Stash, WRHC. 106.7 FM in Three Oaks, Michigan, WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan, underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. Here we go, Roy Buchanan, Chicago Smoke Shop.
Right on. That was uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton and the Aquarium Rescue Unit with Fixin' to Die off of uh, the self-titled live album. That's from the early 90s. I'm not sure. Exactly yeah, 91. 91. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that band was kind of one of the proto-jam bands, I guess. Uh, it was uh, Jeff Sype, Oteil Burbridge, uh Jimmy Herring, the, the Colonel, and then a guy named Matt Mundy on mandolin, who's the only one of those guys that didn't go on to be in like every band ever. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Herring's in Widespread Panic now, O'Teal's in Dead and Company, he was in the Allman Brothers last twenty years. But but yeah, uh, the Colonel was yeah. kind of a mythological figure. He uh, was kind of yeah. He uh, had quite a following, but it was almost a cult following, a little bit more underground and. It, but my impression was that he was kind of a, you know, musician's musician. Like everybody wanted to play with him, but you know, he sort of had this little side thing that wasn't as prominent as some of the other ones. Yeah. I know he played with Derek Trucks yeah, and he, Susan Tedeschi, and they were they were close with him. And then you yeah. mentioned uh, O'Teal. Yeah, he mentored like a lot of people who um, like like. Derek has talked a lot about him and how he would, you know, he would throw you a particular album just right at the time in your life when you were ready to like, you oh, know, cool, absorb it and, and you know, and just he would just he would say stuff like, you know, yeah, that was cool, but you played that last night, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, and you know, if, if you played the same show two nights in a row, you know, that was a no go, yeah. you know, and but a lot, you know, I, I don't think we would have a lot of those people we have in that in that scene without him and pushing them through, like, yeah, yeah, mentoring them like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that was uh, a tragic death, too. Yeah. His uh, 70th birthday party, was it? I think it was his 70th, yeah. yeah. And he had oh, always, man. he had said for years and years, I, I'm going to die on stage on my birthday singing my favorite song, which was uh, Turn On Your Love Light. Uh, wow. and, and then he they had the 70th birthday celebration for him with a lot of those people, Derek and Susan, and I think John Fishman was there for Fish. and Taz um, Niedermeyer? Niedermeyer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Taz. He'd know better than I would. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... Uh, the, that 13-year-old guitar guy. Yeah. Then the, the, they went into Love Light, you know, because it was his favorite song, and he would do this little thing where he would sort of collapsed on stage and somebody would come over and sort of revive him. And he, he was a, he was a showman and he had a lot of little gimmicks that he would do and he collapsed and they thought it was a joke and it went on for a few minutes and finally somebody went over and he had passed away on stage surrounded oh by God. his friends singing his favorite song on his birthday. Yeah, I, I, I didn't so, even know that backstory and that just makes it even more yeah, unbelievable. But, but That's he's a crazy cool character. That's worth, reading about and looking into and, and listening to and he was in a lot of bands too yeah well, the fact that he like called out his own death that's didn't mark twain supposedly do that yeah. oh i don't know comet. did he yeah, yeah like he said he was wasn't he was born when Haley's comet like was passing and then oh, he said that's he was right or something like oh that. really yeah. <laughs> oh apparently, cool i didn't yeah, know that, that yeah as the story's been told apparently uh, yeah well let's just roll with that because that's a good <laughs> that, that, even if it's not true that, i like that a lot <laughs> right you know, yeah uh, and we are in the studio with Dustin Lau from Andrew Fisher Quartet, bass player. We were just talking to you about uh, how you started out mostly with a guitar, and now you're playing bass, and you know some of your inspirations on bass. And O'Teal was not somebody we talked about, 
uh, big fan of his or I think he's great. I, yeah. I mean, like he's a monster. He's, uh, again, another person that can just like step in and play with anybody, which is really impressive. Uh, like, you know, right, just right. speaks volumes onto things that aren't even, you know, how technically good he is, you know, and that's, that's the stuff that you can't really be taught, you know, for the most part. I love seeing him play with dead and company. Cause he just gets this big smile on his face and he's just riding the, you know, the base of the, of the song and just looks so happy, you know, just uh -huh. flowing away. Uh, and, and then he, now he has O'Teal and friends. Uh, yeah, uh, we were talking about that. Who who's uh, who plays with him in that one? I think I imagine it's kind of a revolving door, loose yeah, affiliation um, kind of thing. I watched a show from the Capitol Theater on YouTube the other night, um, but it was him, uh, Jay Lane on drums from oh, Rat right. Dog and Further, and then it was Eric Krasno and Jean Cadillac on guitars. Um, Melvin Seals was playing keys and. Uh, there's a couple other people. In All those uh, Grateful know, but, Dead alumni. Yeah, it was, it was quite the super group. Yeah. It was really cool. Cool. But, yeah, you know, and during the break, Dustin, we were talking about uh, where you guys play uh, with Andrew Fisher Quartet. What are some of the, you know, local spots around here that you guys play that uh, you like? Uh, we kind of got our start really playing at the livery. It all started with doing this thing called Sunday Night Jazz, and... Um, it kind of evolved into us having a sort of residency playing at the livery the last Sunday of every month. We did that for, I mean, more than a year, I think, uh, which then, which now has kind of evolved into us doing uh, less shows, but like uh, bigger stuff. We'll bring in horn sections, backup singers. Um, really, I don't, I don't think we've played as a quartet at the livery for like at least a year. So uh, that cue doesn't really mean anything. You can't get point. rid of it, right. though. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, but, I mean, as as far as, like, indoor venues uh, that consistently hires you know, local bands and that has a great sound, uh, livery is kind of where where it's at right now. Yeah. I, we play, I mean, there's a lot of great outdoor venues. Um, a lot of towns have really nice band shells, stuff like that. Uh, but that's... Here yeah. in Michigan, it's useful uh, not even half of the year. You know, we were also talking about how lately there's just been this uh, expansion of various bands and overlap and people, you know, collaborating a lot more and getting together and calling people up on stage and stuff like that. And I know that you guys have done a little bit of that. Mm. Uh, that's creating this awesome community of very good musicians and uh, being able to uh, work off of each other and, you know, learn each other's songs and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you getting those like opportunities. A, you can do like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Here really. Cause uh, well, like I play with Blake Vissing, gateway rugs, uh, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, with, Robert Federson, Robert Rolf Federson. I uh, right. play with him, and he's in Beer Hippies Beer with Adam Hippies. and with Marcus Safford, who you guys have had. Uh -huh. on, and, uh, so then everybody has their own band. Yeah. yeah, Marcus is with Steel on the Farm as well. And <laughs> so it's kind of like if you're not in like you know two bands, <laughs> yeah. uh, like are you in a band? Like, well, and Andrew did that pretty much that whole show with the Tipping Family Band. Was that? Yeah, uh, I don't remember when that was. Or was last year, I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was on keys and singing with them. So it's, uh, I mean, it's nice to have, it, it is a small community, but 
they're very talented musicians and that's i mean that mm-hmm. makes it easier to just be like hey we got an amp you know you got mm-hmm. your guitar come on up and this is that an e flat is that collaboration going on like in the local community is that a newer thing you, you find that happening uh, more often now as as far as i see it like it's happening a lot more I mean, there's there's a lot of like random shows getting uh, put together. Uh, Adam and I did at, at Burnham. Um, what was the party called again? What the stealing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's yeah. What it is. the the Burnham Turkey Eve party that they do every year. And there was like, <laughs> there was probably like nine people on stage. Yeah. It, was yeah. like, it was like Tom Petty playing at the Super Bowl with all the guitars <laughs> Just on show stage. up with your guitar in your trunk and yeah. and uh, get up there and jam. And and it was kind of just like a thing. It's another place where there's a lot of that. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, they do uh, Burnham does job. like a regular Tuesday night thing where mm-hmm. Bob Federson uh, kind of has this uh, remote radio show. He does a vinyl night, but isn't there live playing there too on those yeah, nights? Yeah, in the summer yeah. they do uh, acoustic music after vinyl every Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, with different people, and so that's fun. And know, them and the livery, I think really just in this area, kind of the two places where if you are bored and you don't know what's going on, you can bet on there being good original live music there going on that weekend. And those yeah. are really the two places that I can think of and well, not much else. I got to say the Acorn Theater, they bring in a lot of great yeah. bands. It mm-hmm. may not be the kind of loose setup where people can just get up on stage, but uh, they, you know, we were talking about this before because we did an earlier taping, but um, we saw John Primer. I saw John Primer there last mm-hmm. night. Unbelievable Chicago blues player. And uh, they just have this steady flow of amazing musicians coming through. Yeah, Almond awesome Betts Band is playing room. in a couple weeks. Awesome signing mm-hmm. room. Yeah. And, and I, the musicians up on stage just get such a kick out of it, which I've also seen at the livery where they're like, this place is great. I love the sound here, you know? Uh, and people are actually listening as opposed to, you know, just chatting with their friends and having yeah, drinks. And It's not like a band in the corner of the bar. Right. It's like... Um, half annoying because this room isn't set up for sound. <laughs> right. You know, the, like, yes. Trying to play pool. Right. Right. <laughs> there, so exactly, there's there are uh, good musicians out there who are both playing and there to listen. Yeah. And and it's uh, creates a really nice place to to see. And bands. with the with the places that do have consistent live music, uh, like they do Burnham, Acorn, Delivery. I mean, the more we do it, the more we put shows on, like Thanksgiving, where we just kind of put on the the uh, Big Lebowski album yeah. and played it, <laughs> and it's kind of just like making events happen in a in an area where there's not a yeah, lot going on things. outside of just like Memorial Day and Labor Day. Right. Uh, so I just really kind of hope that there's a lot of businesses that can see that and see that there is money to be made. You, you know, having a place for people to play music. Right. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I've seen an expansion of that. I, I think, I think so that too. there's been a lot more places that are a little more likely to to put a little stage in the corner and mm-hmm. bring in some musicians. Um, so yeah, that that's great. And, yeah. Hopefully, and, it keeps going. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like, do the musicians get more talented the more places there are to play, or are there more places to play if the musicians are talented? Yeah, like, and so like you kind of gotta, I guess, mutually grow that way. In a, do you? I guess if that kind of makes sense, like what what creates the other? Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that keeps going because uh, 
well, I mean, I might be biased, but I'd love to see more places uh, having music. Uh, no, you're not alone. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, also when you're talking about that kind of thing, that's not exactly the same as some like an open mic thing. Mm. Like an open mic, you can have uh, those same top musicians playing and then spontaneously bring people up on stage and doing that kind of thing. But do you find that uh, it has a little bit of a different tone when it's an open stage or an open mic kind of situation? I, uh, I there's around here. There's like a circuit. It seems like there's there are a lot of open mics, and I actually used to help uh, Blake Vissing run the one at Journeyman, and I did see a lot of very talented musicians, but a lot of them they they played at a lot of open mics, but I didn't. I never really saw a lot of like kind of a if you would call it a crossover, like doing open mics and then seeing their name playing like their own show on a Friday or Saturday right. or any night, really. Uh, and and almost, I, I mean, I kind of think that is, there's a lack of places to play. You know, there's only so many Friday and Saturday nights in the summertime when businesses think they can make money. But there are, you know, a surplus of talented musicians who could fill up more places to play. And... Uh, that, I mean, that might be something like that, but there are a lot of talented people playing these open mics. There is there is a community of it. That uh -huh. it's a little, but it doesn't necessarily intermingle with uh, the the community that is musicians trying to get gigs here and there, and and then being able to collaborate. It's it's mostly people who may be good musicians, but. Uh, don't have any other outlet than going to the open mics. It's, that's what it oh, sounds right. like. Oh, right, yeah. Or time, too. Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know, some of these people might be like dentists. Who knows? They're no judgment on why right. they're not doing it. But. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, um, you uh, were talking about your five-string bass, yeah. and, and I thought that was... Uh, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by, you know, you know, the four string bass and all that, but I've always mm -hmm. been fascinated that, that some basses have five strings, some of them have six strings, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and which is it at the top or is it at the bottom? I, I just get a whole kick out of that, that there's such variety when it comes to uh, a, an instrument like the bass that mm -hmm. uh, is such an important part of the rhythm. Um, but, you know, most guitars are pretty strict, you know, and they're even tuned to um, pretty strict guidelines as opposed to, you know, there's not standard too many people tuning. that are are bringing out guitars to outside of standard tuning. Right. But, but here you have this instrument, the bass, that is uh, such an important part of the rhythm. And there's such variety with that. You know, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned uh, stand-up basses like uh, Esperanza yeah. and Spalding and uh, uh fretless basses like um you know most of the stand-up basses mm -hmm. um so you know the the bass is really kind of a fun yeah, instrument i, when I, it I comes wish to i could it. have all the different kinds i mean the <laughs> six string basses you can have the c melody like basses you ever get to play stand-up bass yeah uh yeah do you have one you... i do not own one i'd have to get a different car <laughs> yeah. move it around <laughs> strap are... it to the top yeah those things are bigger than i am you ever uh, play any fretless yeah, actually, that <laughs> we were uh, we were also just talking about how I got my tax return check back. So oh. now I am uh, scouring the internet and Craigslist, <laughs> looking at some fretlesses. I do really enjoy playing a five-string bass. After, I mean, that's the. I really uh, I might have started backwards because that was the bass, the type of bass I started on. Oh, okay. So uh, having that low B 
um, is kind of now ingrained into my brain, so it would probably screw me up if I didn't. Actually, when I go back to playing guitar where the low note is on the E, uh, six string guitar, uh, I still like, I, I will reach past the fretboard trying to reach that low five <laughs> yeah. on there. But, um, but so it is kind of hard. I mean, Adam being a left-handed guitar player probably understands how frustrating it can be looking for something that doesn't yeah. exist, but, uh, or is extra expensive because of it. Or it just yeah. sounds totally different because it's the opposite side. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. But a five string, uh, fretless bass is I, they're they pretty be rare out there. to be on, especially if you're kind of on a budget. If you don't want somebody to like specially Just make one rip for the you, frets out. there's some of them where they have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we big go. chisel under there. Just butcher it. You know. Right. You're just gonna buy a really cheap oak and just Frankenstein it up. I would love yeah. to do that if I had the time <laughs> or the knowledge. I'd probably screw it yeah, up. Well, someone, someone. I'm sure you know somebody that. Could, could help you out with like a pry bar yeah. it cut up your fingers yeah actually that's what Jaco Pistorius did is like his first fretless bass he just took the frets out of you know the bass that he had sanded them down yeah um, <laughs> yeah something like that that was that's just dedication uh do you do you ever go back to playing any guitar or are you full-fledged into the bass now <laughs> uh, and I I'm you know I mean are you full-fledged just putting all your energies into expanding your bass knowledge and your your abilities as, on a bass player, it's, on a bass. It's nice to have both because uh, any instrument and music really in general is a love-hate relationship. So uh, when I get really mad at playing bass and how I'm progressing and what I'm kind of coming up with on bass, I can always like go like, oh, forget you, and then I'll go over to my guitar and start playing that. So I do go back and forth often, and even... Um, playing shows, and in the Andrew Fisher Quartet, uh, you, you'll see me playing guitar one show and bass the other, so I do okay, switch okay. off. Yeah. Uh, actually, this summer, there is a couple of musicals I'm playing guitar for uh, in the area, and uh, that's that's always kind of like a musician workout, because there's, there's not a lot of opportunities where you you're at a place for three hours, and then you're playing a country ballad and then you go into a ragtime, you know, how uh -huh. musicals go where it's every, they try to put every genre into yeah. one thing, kind of like K-pop almost. But. And there, <laughs> there's probably not a lot of uh, chance for free forming in uh, a situation like that also. Uh, not as, not, not as much as a rock band, but some of these guys who arrange musicals probably know some guitar players and probably they, sometimes you'll see it written in there like, Adlib, BB <laughs> King, and then it's like, all right, you're lucky. I know what, what this means. King. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like, ah, this guy's just gonna solo halfway through, anyways. He's a guitar player. Well, and you, uh, you played guitar for most of that the Thanksgiving show where we did the Big Lebowski soundtrack, right? You know, yeah. So that was a ton of fun to get to stand next to you and play guitar with you, you know, instead of <laughs> you playing bass and me playing guitar or whatever. And, <laughs> right. You know, so it was, it is fun. It's intimidating, but you know, it was fun. Well, there, but, how many, there's uh four guitars. On there stage? was four guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, oh, man. So it was cool. To, Sounds like a fun one. One of the, the cool thing about that was like divvying up, you know, all right, you take this solo, you take this one. And like, uh -huh. and you know, so we kind of put some in places where there weren't guitar solos. And it was like, yeah. here, uh, who's going to solo over this really weird section of the song? All right, Dustin, you do it. You know, <laughs> like, I want to hear what, what you're going to pull off for this. You know, I don't want to solo over this. Hey, Dustin, great having you here in the studio. Oh, this you. is yeah, a blast. Uh, remind us again, when, when this, this is a, uh, 
today, while this is airing, is uh, June 14th, uh-huh. 2019. Our future, yeah. your present. Right. <laughs> Where are you guys playing next? At, um, uh, Andrew Fisher Quartet or uh, Gateway Rugs? Uh, well, the quartet, the next thing coming up will be June 22nd at uh, Burnham. It'll be their anniversary party. There's a lot of really good bands playing. Adam will be playing there with the Beer Hippies. Uh, the lineup is really just stacked. We'll be second to last. Um, after that, like I said, uh, in Three Oaks at the uh, Saturdays in the Park, it'll be July 4th weekend we'll be playing. Um, past that, you and I will both have to be checking our website <laughs> uh, to set our schedules. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. And close us out. I got a song here. We're listening to uh, Johnny Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM, WRHC, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. Been uh, having a blast doing the show with Adam yeah. Conley. Episode and five. Episode five. <laughs> we got Dustin Lau in the uh, studio with us today. And uh, a pleasure as always. We are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And I'm going to close us out with a very new song from Cheryl Crow with Bonnie Raitt. I haven't even listened to this. I'm looking forward to it. It's called Live Wire. Take care, everybody.
crashing on me like a runaway train. My love for you is a house on fire. Well, I'm burning up over a strange desire.